Well, good morning. Welcome, Milestone Church. So good to see you. My name is Chris. I'm the campus pastor here, and it is good to be back. I know you may be thinking, who's this guest speaker up here? We haven't seen him in a few weeks. Uh, very grateful to uh, the team uh, who has done an amazing job over the last few weeks while Wendy and I have been uh, out. Very grateful for Pastor Drew and Pastor Tim, Pastor Garrett, who uh, shared uh, and really invested into the McKinney campus. But most importantly, I'm so grateful for you, Milestone Church. We missed you. There's no better place we would rather be. We were other places on Sundays over the last few weeks. But let me tell you, we miss you guys. You are the greatest people. It is an honor to be your pastor. Greatest people on the face of the earth right here, Milestone. And best looking, best looking, especially this service, okay? Don't ask me if I told the first service that. You give yourself a hand clap. You feel good. There you go. You feel real powerful about looking good. I like it, man. Some of y'all look tan. I love it. Been out in the sun. Looks good. Some of you need to be out in the sun. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. So just so grateful. And, and I'm grateful for the team. So many of you who loved on and served people over the last few weeks. And uh, we're grateful for the opportunity that Pastor Jeff, our lead pastor, as well as the team, and you as a church that afford us uh, Wendy and the girls to be able to have some intentional time together, and uh, and it was it was great. It was it was fun. It was exhilarating. It was exciting. Uh, but I love being back. I missed y'all. We missed y'all, and we're we're thrilled to be here. Thrilled to be back. I want you to open up your Bibles, Matthew sixteen verse twenty four. Uh, we're gonna get there in just a minute. But what I want to do is we're going to be wrapping up this series called Summer at Milestone. And the title of today's message is The Power of Yes. You think about the word yes, right? Now, I, I, I get it. There's a movie out, uh, Yes Day or something like that. It makes for a cute movie. The truth is you really can't say yes to everything. But there is one person that you can say yes to. And when you do, you're not going to be overextended. You're not going to be pulled in multiple different directions. When you say yes to Jesus, something begins to happen in your life. And you begin to see things shift and change in ways that otherwise you wouldn't. Now, I, 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 it makes me, when I think of that word yes, I think of probably the second greatest yes that uh, I ever uh, heard and the second greatest yes that I ever uh, made uh, next to Jesus was saying yes to my beautiful wife, Wendy, over here, who I affectionately call Love Biscuit. Now, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying she proposed to me. She may have proposed to me, and I said yes. Yes, I know she did. But when Jesus just kind of highlighted that little Cajun queen over there, I said, yes, Lord, give me that beignet. But, I, you know, and, and if you know, you know, I, I, I've given you, you, you may be wondering, you know, if, you, if you've been around any amount of time, I affectionately call Wendy Love Biscuit. Now, it's not because I really like biscuits. I'm going to give you a little origin story. Some of you may, you didn't know that. You just heard Love Biscuit. I don't think I've ever shared the origin story. We lived in Lafayette, Louisiana, and there was this restaurant there called Edie's. And when you went into Edie's, it was a unique restaurant because it was kind of one of those restaurants where they, they, they give you like a biscuit right when you get there. And they put it on, it's like butcher paper, it's like your placemat, and they just put a biscuit there right in front of you. What, you, you didn't have to ask for it, they're just going to give you a biscuit. And then they bring honey out, and they just drizzle it all over. And their motto is on the back of their shirts. It said, love you like a biscuit. 
And I, one day we were there. We'd been married about maybe a year and a half. I looked over at her and I said, love you like a biscuit. And then it just evolved from there into Love Biscuit. There you go. There's the origin story of Love Biscuit. And, and you know, over these last few weeks, we had a great time with our girls. But Wendy and I had an opportunity to uh, just spend some time, just her and I. And if there's one thing I know about Wendy, having known her, we've been married for 19 years, but having known her for really, I guess it's really closer to 25 years, she's been in my life longer than uh, she wasn't in my life. And uh, I know that she loves a sense of adventure. And so we were taking this trip, and I shot her a text. I said, hey, we can go and do one of these two things. Now, I already knew what she was going to want to do. The truth is... I knew what I wanted to do, okay? Here's a tip, men, husbands, okay? Do what your wife wants to do, okay? Here's a little pro tip for you, okay? I'm trying to help you out this morning, okay? So I knew what she was going to want to do. And I, I could have tried to persuade her to do, I wanted to do like something different, but I knew that she was going to want to do So I said, all right, baby, I'm a, I'll book it. So on one of the days within our trip, we went zip lining, Okay? Wendy's never been ziplining. I've had an opportunity to go ziplining. We're up in the mountains. She wasn't really scared. She was really excited. And so we go and we get our harnesses on, right? You got your helmet on and you, you're, you're about to climb up. They, they take us to this course and we're about to climb up in the trees. And, and so, but before they do that, they give you kind of like the instructions, right? And they, they kind of explain to you, here's what you're going to experience. And, you know, we're going we're gonna to clip you in and you got two clips. And so you're always connected to the tree or the cable at, at, at any time, and so you're safe and all this stuff, right? And so they go, but we have a few rules. There's a few ground rules, three very important rules, and if you break one of these three rules, you will be asked to leave immediately. Rule number one, no zip lining upside down. And all of a sudden, I hear this, are you serious? And I look, and it happens to be the woman standing next to me. Well, the woman standing next to me happens to be Wendy. And she said, I have been watching YouTube videos for the last week on how to zip line upside down. I look at her, I said, who does that? She had been, I mean, she was just dialed into, I am going to zip line upside down. I don't know where she got the notion. I, I mean, it's true. You can find anything on YouTube. If you don't know how to do something, just go on YouTube. Uh, there are obviously YouTube tutorials on how to zip line upside down. And so she said, all right, well, okay, fine. So they take a step. And, and it made me think about the power of yes. And it made me think about that moment because when we're going to look at the words of Jesus in Matthew 16, it, you think about Wendy in that moment was just told, hey, I know you really want to do it this way, but, but we, we can't do it that way. That there's a specific way we're going to do this. And Wendy in that moment didn't say, oh, well, I can't do it the way I want to do it, so I'm out of here. She said, okay, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust those that are there that are guiding us on this journey, because I've actually never ziplined before, and I've never been there, and they, and they gave some instruction on why they don't want you to zipline upside down, but it's amazing to me how when we engage in our relationship with Jesus, we don't always have that response, you see, because we come into church, into our relationship with Jesus, into our relationship with other people with preconceived ideas, and it amazes me, and I'm guilty of it, 
how all of a sudden when someone says, I can't do something the way I want to do it, the way I thought I was going to do it, the way I thought it should look, how I go, okay, well, I'm out of here. And I end up missing out on the very thing that God wanted me to experience. You see, Jesus knows this about us. Jesus actually speaks to this in our life. Not about ziplining, but about how we actually engage with him. How we engage with others. How we live a life, as Pastor Drew shared in week one, to the fullest. And so we're going to look at Matthew 16, but I want to give you a little context and a little background. Because this is so true in our relationship with Jesus and how we relate and connect with him. Jesus is speaking to these crowds. And, and as Jesus is speaking to crowds, he often was always bringing them back to the main thing. Can I tell you something? Jesus always will clarify, what's the main thing? You may think you know what the main thing is. I may think I know what the main thing is. Jesus is always very clear. Here's the main thing. Here's what I want you to focus on. He would say things like, I want to help you understand. He would turn to them and and say, hey, I want to help you understand what it looks like to be a disciple, what it looks like to follow me. He begins to give them vision, his vision, his vision, which is his church, his church and the mission that his church will have in reaching people and seeing transformation happen. And it's the first time he actually tells them how they can get involved In the vision, right here in Matthew 16, he's saying, listen, here's the vision. Now I'm going to give you the game plan. Here's the playbook and how you can get involved. Here's what it looks like. And he begins to explain to them. In fact, the Bible says that he had compassion on them. But can I tell you something? Compassion is only compassion if it leads to transformation because of next steps. Compassion is not compassion just because you help someone or you do something good or you try and be kind. Compassion, when you have compassion for someone, it leads to transformation. It leads to them taking next steps. It leads to growth. And that's what Jesus is doing. He's calling them into change. He's calling them into transformation. He's calling them into something greater. Why? Because his strategy was always to look to the crowd and call you out. That's how he works. In our life, he's always looking at you and he's calling you out from the crowd. That's what he did. He, he looked at the disciples and said, hey, come, follow me. He, he's always caught, even now, you, whether you realize it or not, you're part of a crowd. You're in a, a crowd. You're in an environment where you could be easily in the crowd, but Jesus may be calling you into something greater, and he's calling you out. He always wants to engage with you In that way. That's his strategy. And this is what he's talking about in Matthew 16, verse 24. It says, And Jesus said to the disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Now that's some that's that's a really dynamic phrase. He would often say intense things that people didn't understand. Oftentimes the disciples didn't understand it. Because when you think about it, the disciples didn't fully understand what was going on. He just says, Whoever wants to be my disciple, let's first understand, what does that word disciple mean? Oftentimes when you hear the word disciple, you think, well, that's the group of people that walked with him. 
You know, they, they must be super religious and they must be, they have it all figured out and all together. Can I tell you something? They were not perfect. They were not the elite. They were not the best of the best. They were uh, fishermen or, and, and they were ex-tax collectors and, and, and some of them had a medical background. They were not the best of the best. And yet what happened is even in their mistakes, even in their imperfection, they kept saying yes over the course of the time in which they walked with Jesus. You see, you can look at your own life. Man, I, 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 here's all the reasons why you don't measure up. All the reasons why. You know, why would Jesus call you into a greater measure of yes? Why would he call you out from the crowd? You don't have this. You don't have that. You're not, you, you made mistakes here. You go, Chris, if you knew who I was and you knew my life, if you knew me. My eight-year-old yesterday said, Dad, it's kind of funny. Or actually say, you know what? I said, what, baby? She said, it's kind of funny. I said, well, what's that? She said, well, Grandma said that you got a lot of spankings when you were little, and you weren't very good, but now you're a pastor. I think that's kind of funny. I said, well, God works in mysterious ways, doesn't he? <laughs> so even if you're a kid that got a lot of spanking, my parents are sitting on the front row over here, so they get a kick out of that. Even if you're a little kid who got a lot of spankings growing up, God can still work in your life. If you'll just keep saying yes. What, what is he calling you to say yes to? He, he goes on, verse 25, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? You see, here he is, and he's saying, listen, I want to help you understand something. Whoever wants to come can come. All you have to do is follow. Deny yourself and follow. That's it. It's very simple. Anyone can do that. Jesus is saying, listen, the same way I'm asking them to come follow, he's making it very clear, is the same way he's calling all of us to come and follow. He's saying, will you surrender? Will you deny yourself? But the truth is, we can focus in this scripture, in this text, we can tend to focus a lot on deny yourself. But there's something else that he says here. He says, there is this exchange I want to make with you. There's something I want to do for you. If you will surrender, there's something I have in store for you. He says, I want you to see it the way I see it. There's something better I have in store for you. It's not just about saying no. There is a better yes I have for you. If you will not only just deny yourself, but if you will make an exchange with me. See, Jesus is calling us into a greater measure of depth, a greater measure of commitment, a greater measure of calling and devotion and covenant. That's really what he's calling us into. You see, when you look at the word commitment, the word commitment and covenant or commit or commitment, it's about, it's in the Bible about 164 times. But the word covenant is in there more than twice that. Why? I think it's because God is a covenant making, covenant keeping God. He's calling us into something greater. He's calling us into greater measures of yes, greater levels of depth of covenant and relationship. Why? Because covenant is really that level of commitment, that really, you, you, when you think of covenant, covenant, if you're married, you're, you, you've engaged in a covenant. 
If you're, if you're in a season where you're looking at buying land and you, you're recognizing there are covenants that a county may have when it comes to land or maybe a neighborhood association, what are they saying? They're saying, yes, it's more than just a contract. We, there's this covenant is relational. And so there's a greater measure. But what happens is we want to settle for connection. We think, well, if I feel connected, then I'll be committed. That's not how Jesus works. You see, what Jesus does is he says, come, follow me. You can either follow or not. But we live in a society that's, hey, sign up for $39.99. No contracts. Cancel at any time. Why? Because we have created a societal norm that pushes against commitment and covenant. Oh, you're tired of this individual? Just move on. Oh, you don't like this service? Just cancel at any time. No money back guarantee. Jesus says, no, 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 no. You come follow. And you can either follow or not follow. But if you will, can I tell you something? There's something great I have in store for you. The truth is, it's back. we have it backwards. We think if I feel connected, then I'll commit. Now listen, as a church, let me make, I mean, don't hear what I'm not saying. We want you to have a, a sense of connection. We want you to be in, experience spiritual family. We want you to be in a small group. We want you to take next steps. But this is not about commitment to me, to Milestone Church, to Pastor Jeff, to the McKinney campus. We're talking about a commitment to Jesus. And the truth is this. We think, well, if I feel connected, then I'll get committed. No. The reality of what Jesus is saying is if you will commit, you will experience a level of connection that's far deeper than anything you would have ever experienced prior to. But when we're listening to the societal norms, then we begin to engage with Jesus, with church, with spiritual family, the same way we do with Disney+, Plus, Netflix, or anyone else that tells us we can cancel at any time. Jesus is calling us into something greater. He's calling you and I into something greater. And what happens is there is clarity in covenant. You see, there, there is no version of Christianity where you sit in comfort and just receive information. There's no version of Christianity where that's the case. I just come in and I walk in. Man, people open the door. I get popsicles when I leave. They got coffee. I come in here. It's perfect for me. A little cold for you. Okay, I get that. But it's, you know, there's no, I got a nice cushion chair. There is no form of Christianity that is centered around comfort and ease and just taking in information. Jesus is always calling you into a greater yes because that greater yes will lead to a greater form of transformation. It's not about behavior modification, doing all the right things. It's about heart transformation. That's what Jesus is talking about. This is not about uh, education and intellectual assent. This is not about having all the right things. This is not about perfection. This is about how is God transforming your heart. Because when you say yes, here's what I know. When you begin to engage with God on that level, when you begin to engage with Jesus on that level, when you have encounters like that, it changes you. 
Think about people that you've experienced that have had an encounter with God. They're different. It changes them. They become more like, I love this season because we always hear testimonies about young people. They go to camp and God, they had an encounter with God, that encounter with Jesus, and they're transformed. It's, they're different. I love it. And I know some of you in here, parents, you're going, well, I don't know. I mean, I live with them. I don't know how changed they really are. Their room's still messy. Okay, well, let's give them a little grace, okay? They still are teenagers, all right? You may have been like me, okay? You got a lot of spankings here growing up. Don't worry. There's hope for you. You could be a pastor one day, all right? But I love it because what happens is when you encounter Jesus and you experience that exchange, there's a transformation that happens. And people begin to see it. They begin to recognize it. You see, there's a response. But if you just simply engage with Jesus as though just one of the many things to be added to your already crammed calendar, then yeah, you probably feel like, well, I feel like this church thing didn't really work. Because what you did is you didn't come and follow What you did is you came and you began to assess, does it fit into my societal norm? Does it fit into my schedule? Does it meet my needs? Well, well, all they talk, uh, you just dialed into the deny yourself part. Well, I don't want to deny that part of myself. So I think maybe I won't do that. You forget and don't realize there's actually an exchange that, again, as I said earlier, it's not about the no's. There's a greater yes that he's calling you into. Why? Why? Because here's what begins to happen. Just like those people that encountered Jesus, when you commit to consistently saying yes to Jesus, we experience a greater measure of purpose. Consistently saying yes. So let me clarify real clear for you what I'm talking about. This is not about, maybe you grew up this way, you know. I, obviously, I got a lot of spankings growing up, so every, every Wednesday night at youth service, like, who, who wants to accept Jesus as a personal Lord and Savior? It's like, well, I got a lot of spankings this week. I guess I do. It's not about giving your life to Jesus every week. When you give your life to Jesus and he comes inside, your spirit is transformed. But your soul still needs sanctification. What is sanctification? That's a big biblical theological word that means there is this transformation set apart. Okay, so your soul still needs that process, that transformation that happens in your life. But your spirit is saved, sanctified, transformed. The old is gone, the new has come, as Paul would say. Okay, so when I say consistently saying yes to Jesus, this is not about getting saved every week. Giving your life to Jesus is the starting line, which means the course of your life is going to be a life lived out of consistently saying yes to Jesus that you may experience a greater measure of purpose. Serving Jesus over the last 20 plus years has just simply been one long road of saying yes to Jesus. And what I love about Jesus is he's patient with me. There's times where he'll speak something to me and I'm like, yes. And we go, there's times where he's speaking something to me, I'm kind of like, huh, what? He's speaking, he's speaking, he's patient. He'll wait for you. But I'm telling you, when you begin to say yes, things begin to change. Things begin to happen and transformation begins to happen. You see, you know that you're living a greater measure of commitment. How? Because there's movement. That's it. There's movement. But what keeps us from making that level of commitment? Fear, insecurity. What will people think? What will my family think? What, what are people going to say about me? But that fear and anxiety and that worry, here, just a side note, do you, do you want to know the phrase fear not? You want to know how many times it's in the Bible? 365. I think the Lord's trying to tell us something. 
Fear will keep us from saying yes. And God's word is saying, hey, if you'll dive into this and you'll engage with me and you'll have an encounter with me and you'll engage in the word, fear not. Fear not. Fear not. That worry, that insecurity, that, that fear that you may have, fear not. So what happens? What happens when we say yes to Jesus? Because let me make it again real clear. This is not about saying yes to Pastor Chris. This is not about saying yes to Milestone Church. This is not about saying yes to next steps. Yes, we want you to do all those things. Take next steps, be a part of a small group, get involved, get engaged, serve, all of those things. But I want to make it very clear, this is about saying yes to Jesus. Because when you say yes to Jesus, that's what brings transformation in your life. That's what, begins to, that's what begins to allow that transformation happen in your life. Because here's what begins to happen when you say yes to Jesus. First is this. You'll experience things that otherwise you wouldn't. We were ziplining and we, we went up and we get on the first platform as we go up the stairs. And they're like, how high do you think you are? You, know, you can really tell how people, people, like their spatial awareness, you know, where they're at. They're like, oh, we're 90 feet high. You're like, uh, no, we're 30. Okay, like that, that person had no context of spatial awareness, you know. And so then they're like, ah. Oh. And so we're, they're, they're telling you, we're going to go up to the next platform. We're going to be 55 feet in the air, and we're going to attach you. You're going to be saved, da-da-da-da-da, and then you're going you're gonna to step out. And what I love is this. All along the way, here's what they kept telling us. If at any point you're not we're asking, will you say yes? So you kind of go up the ladder. If at any point you're not confident, then we'll get you down safely. What were they doing all along the way? They're saying, will you say yes? Well, guess what? Every yes led us to a higher elevation. So now here I am, I'm about to zip line. Wendy just went down. Okay, she's living her best life, all right? If you know Wendy at all, she's got one volume loud. So any animal in a 30-mile radius was gone because they could hear her, and they're like, get out of here, all right? And so now it's my turn. Now look, I'm up there, and I've got a great view. I can see all these things. The tree, it's amazing. How, that tree's big when you're down low. All of a sudden, you're 50 feet in the air, almost 60 feet in the air. That wind starts blowing. It's amazing how much that tree begins to move. I've got people around me, beautiful view, great experience up to that point, but can I tell you, I was connected in, I was safe, I was there, but I wasn't there just to get all the views and be there with people and just be on this platform. What was I there for? To zip line. But I could only zip line once I took that step off and I was committed to going. You see, Jesus is calling all of us to step off of the platform of safety and security and experience something that otherwise we would not. But that only happens when we take that step of commitment. And all of a sudden, we begin to experience things that otherwise we wouldn't. It brings about transformation. It brings about change. Now, here's the hard part. You go, okay, Pastor Chris, that makes sense. I mean, okay, what are you there for? You're there to zip line. Like, what you're there for is, like, in the name, so it's obvious. Well, I, I'm here for church, you know. I, I go to church. It's not quite as obvious. That's exactly right. That's what makes it challenging. You see, in Western Christianity, we think what we're here for is to go to church. That's not the point. You're called to be the church. But the challenge is we don't have a good context of what it means to be the church. 
And so we are confused and we live a life going, well, I'm connected, I'm safe, I'm on the platform, I'm here, I showed up. Why don't I feel the level of connection I want? Because you don't have the level of committed the G- commitment that Jesus is calling you to. That level of connection is a byproduct to the commitment that you make. Paul is referring to this when he's speaking here. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Verse uh, 17, he says, was I fickle when I intended to do this? Or do I make my plans in a worldly manner so that in the same breath I say yes, yes, and no, no? Okay, I think you can probably pick up on the sarcasm a little bit, Paul. He's saying, listen, I'm committed. I'm in. Okay, when it comes to breakfast, I'm not the chicken, I'm the egg. I mean, I'm not the chicken, I'm, I'm the pig. Some of you know the joke, right? When it comes to, right, eggs and bacon, the chicken contributes, but the pig, he's committed. <laughs> Different level there. You're welcome. All you dads in there, you can use that dad joke. Just stick that in there, okay. Paul's going, I- I'm committed. I want to make it very clear, very plain for you. He goes on, verse 18, he says, but as surely as God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no, For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me and Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him it it has always been yes. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. You see, no matter how many promises, they're always yes. It's always been yes. So through him, there's an amen. What does amen mean? It's I come into agreement. It's not just a religious word. It's a posture of telling Jesus, I am in agreement with what you're saying. I'm in an agreement. I'm in agreement with what you're doing. I'm going to let my yes be yes. Because when I do, I experience something far greater. You see, there is power in a yes. There's power in yes. When we connect on that level, the truth is that you experience significant growth on the backside of your commitment. You're going, well, if if I've got it all figured out, Paul's writing uh, to the church in Ephesus. And he's speaking and he's saying, listen, God's giving you, Jesus gives you gifts, prophets, evangelists, preachers, and teachers. For there's a purpose he's given. And it's that they would equip the saints for the work of the ministry, that they may be found mature. I love that last part because it says, my role is to equip you for the work of the ministry. And when you put your hand to the work of the ministry, guess what happens? You're found mature. But most of us grew up in a context that when someone deems you're mature enough, you're good enough, then okay, then we'll put ministry in your hands. That's why I love what we're doing in Milestone Kids and what we're doing with Elevate because we believe you don't have to wait to be great. So when I think back to a few weeks ago, VBS and there was I think the oldest uh, uh, student up here was uh, a freshman and then there were middle schoolers up here leading kids in worship why because you don't have to wait to be great you want to know what begins to happen because they're up here worshiping and leading kids in worship guess what's happening there's a maturity that's coming about in them because when you say yes to Jesus you experience things that otherwise you wouldn't which then in turn leads to this it shifts your perspective It shifts your perspective. You see, saying yes, yes, it originates in surrender, but it also requires sacrifice. 
It's not easy to say yes. I mean, how many of you know? You say yes, you're like, all right, we're going to do this thing. You know, it's going to cost you. It's going it's to be something that there's a, there's a sacrifice on the other end. But when you begin to shift your perspective, your priorities shift, the way you see purpose begins to shift, and you see things in a different light. I think of a man named Russell Redenbaugh. Russell wrote a book called Shifting the Narrative. I love the, his, his kind of tagline. A blind man's vision for rewriting the stories that limit us. You see, he, he, he talks about in his TED Talk, he talks about how adversity builds advantages. And he, he discusses the power of declaration and that declaration precedes leaps. Here's the unique thing about Russell is Russell had his eyesight like a normal teenager, but at 16 years old, he lost his eyesight. But that didn't limit him. He talks about how that became an advantage. He went on to be an economist. He, he was a financial uh, advisor, and he managed $6 billion worth of funds. He was on the Civil Rights Commission. But here's one of the other things that was really unique about Russell. He's also a jiu-jitsu world champion as a blind man. Because he realized that wasn't going to limit him. You see, we at times hedge on saying yes to Jesus because we limit ourselves. We limit what we think God could do in and through us when he's looking at you and he's saying, listen, your declaration will precede your leap. Here's how Paul said it. Paul said it this way in 2 Corinthians 12, 9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. You see, his grace is sufficient. It's more than enough. It's grace that comes because of Jesus and what he did on the cross. And it's grace in and through us that allows us to not be limited by our weaknesses. Now all of a sudden, as we begin to say yes to Jesus, our perspective shifts and we see how God is working and moving in and through us. I love it. Because when you begin to see those things and you begin to operate in those things, then you begin to change and transform. Because when you do that, you begin to recognize there's a few things that you want to make sure that you say yes to. First is the authority of this word. This is the ultimate authority. You hear me say it all the time. I don't stand over this word. I stand under it. It dictates and determines. It is the ultimate authority. When we say yes based on what we want, that's why we end up getting in trouble. But when we say yes based on what his word is asking of us, then it changes. So, so when we say yes to the authority of God's word, when, when we say yes to aligning our life with this word, meaning I don't just take out what I like about this word, I don't pull from it like a medicine cabinet and what I need in the moment and what I want and what I like. What I, no, 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 no. My life is like clay, as Isaiah said. My life wraps around this word. My life aligns with this word. This word is what dictates what happens. I don't simply pull from it and try and apply this word to my life. I apply my life to this word, and my life begins to align and conform to what this word says. That's what I want to say yes to. Because when that happens, here's what begins to happen. There's evidence that confirms my commitment. Here's how the Bible would put that. You'll know a tree by its fruit. Unless you're an arborist, you're going to walk by a tree and you're going to go, that's a tree. You're not going to know what kind of tree it is unless, guess what? It's got fruit on it. 
Because when that fruit is shown, you'll go, that's an apple tree, that's an orange tree, that's a peach tree. The same is true in our lives. They will know who we are by the fruit that comes out of our life. And spiritual maturity is not dictated by spiritual gifts. You may be extremely gifted because God gave you those gifts. Awesome, you didn't do anything to earn it. God just gave it to you because he's a good God and he gives good gifts. Spiritual maturity is determined by the fruit of the Spirit. That's what determines spiritual maturity. Well, you will begin to see those things as you say yes to the authority of God's word. As you say yes to aligning your life to this word. And your perspective begins to shift. Then there's fruit that is evident. Which then in turn results in this. We develop depth of relationship when we say yes to Jesus consistently. Depth in relationship first with Jesus, but then with others. You see, emotions don't dictate my commitment. My level of commitment dictates my emotions. My level of commitment to that little Cajun queen over there dictates my level of emotions, not the other way around. But when we're let, we should listen to our emotions. We should learn from our emotions. But we shouldn't be led by our emotions. We shouldn't be ruled by our emotions. So what begins to happen is this, is when I recognize that, what begins to happen is I engage and I experience relationship at a greater level. And when you begin to do things with people, it's amazing to me how I talk to people. Oh, I just don't really feel connected. Every time someone tells me that, here's the first thing I ask them. Are you serving anywhere? Well, no. Okay, well, you've been here for about a year. You haven't started serving. No wonder you don't feel connected. You ain't met nobody. You come in. You're, a, you're, a, I mean, you're like a ninja because I stand at that door. I don't even know how you slip by me. and You get out as quick as you can. I mean, I would have thought you robbed a bank or something. You're not connected to anybody because you're not committed in serving. You actually build that connection by being committed and serving. You see, the greatest level of connection is a byproduct of when you're share in shared purpose and you're serving with one another. When you start serving that way and you're connected in that way or committed in that way, then you'll be connected in that way. And you begin to experience relationship in a level that otherwise you would not. That's what he's calling us into because when you experience those things, it's amazing how you gel. Because when we were on that platform, that first one at 55 feet, there was this lady, never met her before in our life. Older woman, she was there with her husband and her daughter. I think... Her name was like Sheila. We'll just say her name was Sheila. I can't remember. Wendy may remember. She was nervous. She was like, I'm kind of afraid of heights. I'm like, it's a bad idea then, girl, because we're only going higher. She's like, you want to know what happened? There was this other family that was there. They had two boys. All of a sudden, we're like, you can do it, Sheila. Come on. You got it. We're cheering her on. She goes down. All of a sudden, she, stay, she takes a step off. Boom. She goes. It was amazing. We're cheering her. And look, here's what Sheila started doing. She's been real cocky. She, she started off two hands. I mean, white knuckling that thing, right? Then about halfway down, she's like, yeah. She waving to the kid. Got down there taking people. Yeah. She, she thought about going upside down. But he said, rule number one, don't go upside down. Wendy was trying to be a bad influence on her. She, she man. Why? What happened? We're experiencing all that together. We're all going. We're committed to take that step. So we're cheering one another on. We're experiencing these things together. You see, when you are committed, when you say yes to Jesus consistently, you develop a deeper level of relationship with him, but a deeper level of relationship with other people. It's why we encourage you to do things like take your next steps and go to 101. 
Not because we're going, oh, we just want you to be committed to Milestone Church. No, we want you to experience something that otherwise you would not. We want you to shift your perspective because what you're actually saying yes to is saying yes to Jesus. He's calling you out of the crowd and saying, I want to ask you and call you in to a greater level of commitment. Will you say yes? And your whole life is going to be a life of you taking steps out of the crowd. Because here's what begins to happen. I love it. All summer long, I've heard stories. All of you, I'm so proud of you, Milestone Church. So many of you serving and giving of your time, taking vacation time to go and go to middle school camp, high school camp. I mean, yay, awesome. Let me take vacation time to stay in a nasty old dorm at a camp to stay up real late and get up real early and be sleep deprived with a bunch of middle schoolers and high schoolers. God bless you. You are a saint. All those almost 75 or 80 people who served at VBS. I heard of a story, it was the first week we were gone, a small group and other individuals who came together and did a house flip for a single mom, literally in like an afternoon. I mean, they're putting furniture together, they're flipping that house. Why? Because they're going, we want to be the church. We want to be engaged. We get Jesus. I don't know what Jesus is calling us out. So we're going to step out of the crowd and we're just going to say yes. And what begins to happen is you experience something that otherwise you would not. Your perspective shifts and you develop a deeper level of relationship. Can I tell you something? What's amazing is there are other people that weren't a part of that small group that were serving. Here's what's probably pretty cool. When they see each other now on a Sunday, you know what they do? Hey, how's it going? And they engage each other by name. Whereas prior to that, they probably walked by each other, didn't even notice each other. Why? What happened? They said yes. They became more committed. And when they did, they experienced a greater level of connection. You too can have that. That's what I love about the words of Jesus in Matthew 16. We can all say yes. We can all step out of the crowd. You don't got to be perfect. You don't have to be educated. You don't have to have it all figured out. You just got to say, yes.